welcome to Avoiding the Void, the binge watcher's guide to the small screen where two 20-somethings with too much free time tell you what to watch to keep boredom at bay and to avoid the void that is our current reality. My name's Rosie. And I'm Nell. This week we're going to be talking all things Bridgerton, but first, the headlines. Donald Trump is officially no longer president of the United States after Joe Biden was inaugurated this week. For, for, for more films to get you in the mood, we recommend Inglorious Bastards, specifically just the bit at the end in the theatre, or for something more forward-looking, The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2, specifically just the bit where Donald Sutherland dies. Ben Affleck and Anna de Armas broke up this week in a spectacular Twitter reveal. For more Anna de Armas' iconic behaviour, watch Knives Out on Amazon Prime, or for more of Ben Affleck being a sad middle-aged dumpy, try Gone Girl on Netflix. Call Me By Your Name takes on a whole new vibe after a series of DMs released on Twitter revealed Army Hammer could be an out and proud cannibal. For more, like this, head to Hannibal TV show on Amazon Prime or just try Science of the Lambs. Riz Ahmed recently revealed that he is married and that he met his now wife in a disgustingly enviable meet-cute in a cafe. This does apparently happen in real life. Love is real and you can see Richard Curtis make whole movies about it with Notting Hill on Netflix or About Time on Prime Video. And that's the headlines. So now we're going to move on to what's new this week. Um, we basically just look through all the streaming sites, tell you what we think you should be watching, what's new on Prime. We won't recommend any. We try not to recommend any of the obvious ones. For me, I've been watching a lot of Drag Race UK. That's on BBC iPlayer. RuPaul's Drag Race, massive success in the US. The UK brought it over for season one. We're now in season two. Fantastic cast, fantastic humour, a really quintessentially British take on a kind of staple TV show in the US. If you like all things reality TV, but you don't know really know anything about drag culture, don't worry. It sinks you in at the deep end. It's funny. It's just fun. It's camp. It's fantastic. I highly recommend RuPaul's Drag Race UK on iPlayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, the most important thing that's dropping weekly is This Is Us on Amazon Prime. It's currently on a two-week hiatus, I think, because of uh, COVID production issues. It's kind of amazing that they're filming anything at the minute, but they have been filming and have been putting out episodes when and where they can. Um, They're about season five now, but all seasons are on Prime, and it's uh, an amazing, sad, but beautiful and uplifting story about one family through time and different generations and how the love of each other affects people in ways that you can't even imagine. And every episode makes me cry. So if you want a good cry, I highly recommend every week, Thursday in the UK, you will be crying. <laughs> Plus, if you haven't watched it, you've got five seasons to binge through. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yeah. well, um, a- for more kind of... Um, what is it award show buzz kind of movies um one night in miami directed by regina king um discussing a fictionalized version of uh, muhammad ali malcolm x sam cook and a football player i would forget the football player's name give me a second <laughs> of course i did jim brown football player of course i forget but regina king basically um it's Highest of the civil rights movement in the 60s and it's a fictional version of these four uh, men met and what would they say and what would happen and it's the debate around that so uh, it's got 
I haven't seen it yet, I would admit it, but it's got 98% so far on Rotten Tomatoes. So go have a look. And it's got loads and loads and loads of award show buzz around it as well. Mm-hmm. I'm so, going to be watching that 100%. We'll watch it together. <laughs> yes, let's do that. But what we are here for today, <laughs> tell the people now. We're here to talk about everything Bridgerton. Some would say this entire podcast is just a vehicle for me to talk about Bridgerton to the masses. (laughs) We, for some context, me and Nell met at university studying history. We love it so much. And in that vein, we love period dramas. Um, And so Bridgerton really just hit the spot (laughs) for us. It's got drama. It's got juice. It's got intrigue. It really is the gossip girl <laughs> of the early 1800s. <laughs> the and sometimes that's what you just want to watch. Yeah. And some, I don't, this is my thing about it. It's like, obviously, us being like history buffs, I don't know about you, but I watched the trailer and I was like, mm, this is going to be bad. <laughs> um, and, it, and it was bad. <laughs> but in the best way yeah. possible. It's it's bad, but it's in the kind of trashy, kind of very self-aware, very, very self-aware badness that just mm-hmm. makes it so damn right. Good. Yeah. It's like ahistorical. It's like set in it's like a fantasy historical setting where it's not fantasy in the sense that there's like elves and shit, but it's just like this never happened. this way it couldn't happen this way so many things are wrong but the minute that your brain can step back and be like that's fine it knows what it is then you're like I'm here for the ride the biggest (laughs) the biggest crime a period drama can do is try to claim historical accuracy when it just clearly isn't um that's the most annoying thing in the world and this Bridgerton just doesn't it doesn't even try and pretend my favorite like the part that (laughs) that even it was like the first not even five minutes where they do the whole um squeezing the uh one of the featheringtons into a corset like very stereotypical like trope tighter she to breathe mama and i was like so if you're watching this as a as a historian who knows this period really well you're like well that's first of all that's not right <laughs> because they didn't wear corsets like that they didn't wear corsets they wore stays um and they weren't like trying to make a figure like that because it just doesn't make sense and the stays that they wore were comfortable and if you if you know stuff about that period you can't watch that scene without being like oh, okay and if it, if it was trying to make it historically accurate then you'd just be like well I can't I can't watch that because it doesn't make any sense. And even within the world of Bridgerton, it doesn't make any sense because then they go to present themselves at court and they're wearing the 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 right shape for the period, but it's it's the they don't, they don't need dress. a corset. Yeah. Straight so why are they down. like bringing it in when they're yeah. wearing a dress that's straight up and down? The <laughs> so only, it doesn't even make sense. But the, the minute thing- that you can sit and be like, yeah, this is exactly what it is is it's they wanted a scene with someone not being able to breathe in a corset a la Kira Knightley in the Pirates of the Caribbean and they did it and they exactly. don't care and that's the best. <laughs> they did it and they don't care that's what Bridgerton is about I love yeah. it yeah 
I love the tropes they hit. They hit, they hit so many like that's this is the thing as well. It it almost felt like I was watching fan fiction. Which is which what I love about fan fiction is that it's easy turn your brain off stuff but you can still enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And they also hit like fan fiction tropes of enemies to lovers, fake dating, um they are they almost like had a well there's only one bed when they went to the inn and they're like had the separate rooms do you know like they're like hint taking all these like trophy things that are just like this is what you want to see they there's like, a people pleaser there's yeah. a people pleaser that's all it is at the end of the day they know that people would love this you know they fake dating fake dating can never fail can it Right, because I I felt like I really understood all the characters' motivations, which mm. is I think quite good to say like how like it's kind of a, a trashy like rom com drama. It's an ensemble sort of cast, thing. yeah. And, you know. But I like really felt all the character motivations and understood all of like I didn't really dislike anyone except like Nigel. <laughs> yeah, you know, you di- who, you were, dislike, who were meant you, to hate. <laughs> you dislike the people you're meant to dislike. You like the people you're meant to like. Mm-hmm. Um, Daphne was slightly boring to me, but mm. I didn't really care. Like, it, just the romance was so nice. Yeah, overall. I think they had great chemistry, so yeah. it, it, you kind of forgive that they're slightly boring on their yeah. own. And she played the doe-eyed, I don't know how babies are made, virgin very well, and that was mm-hmm. her. That was her mo. She yeah, was like, I don't know what semen it is. Ah! <laughs> um, she did that great. That was some 10 out of 10. Oh my. Ah! How does a lady come to be with child? Uh, I know, but that's really. like, that's like that was the main, that was true the main to the point. period as well, though, Ooh. which is what the, like, the things that they did keep kind of true to the period, I did like really enjoy. Yeah, uh, I was like going through my old like history, like reading and notes before this. And I do have like a couple. I mean, I can send you to them because I know that you'd enjoy them. Um, there's like a, a pamphlet that I think Halifax wrote for his daughter about like how to be a woman. Um, and I, I was like that all of this kind of like rings true to what's happening in Bridgerton and like the stakes of the society that they've set up which I think a lot of like modern viewers who don't care about historical stuff don't really appreciate yeah um, that it's done that well like I've seen a lot of people watching it and not understand Anthony at all yeah like and they're like oh why is he being like this I'm like because of the stakes like if 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 you understood all the stakes you would be as worried as he is about everything yeah I think that's one of the 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 best successes of Bridgerton honestly I get why what's it hit 64 million households and I get Mm. why not all of them would know you know not all of them are even remotely would know about English history let alone yeah know, somewhere in America somewhere all over the place but I think mm. the sense is that they make they take period drama they take all things that are good about period drama the history the mm. the different dynamics between in a romance scenario the you know the fun of it all but they also they've made it accessible they've changed mm. the language they've added more dramatic plot than you would usually yeah. find in a <laughs> recency piece because usually they can be really slow, damn yeah. slow. I, I I eat it up, but I get why people. I know we love a slow burn. I just but love it's a, not for everyone. <laughs> the, the whole plot is just oh my god, they 
were caught in the rain and now they have a cold like that that's the that's that's half the plot of sense and sensibility like it's it's crazy but they they make it accessible so it's great so and with the costumes with the fun and the flair um you know they put people of color in there yeah i mean which is a huge problem in in period dramas dramas. it's like the whitest landscape yeah and i was like super happy to see that they were doing um like colorblind casting yeah compared because i mean i haven't read the first book but i'm going to assume that it's so it does not say that simon's black no. at any point in the book no. so i'm i'm glad for it i yeah, think i can great. understand a, a lot of the criticisms that um uh f- from people of color being like you can't just like throw it in and then not address racism yeah so what they did was it was looked like colorblind casting mm-hmm. as in you know the kind of idyllic world where racism yeah. doesn't exist mm-hmm. um but instead what they did instead of adopting that kind of fake reality they um, mention it in a throwaway scene two separate societies divided by color until a king fell in love with one of us yeah the, I really had that is one thing that I really had a problem with. Me too. I was watching it and I was like, that's so insensitive <laughs> and just so off the mark. Basically, what they said was, um, you know, um Lady Danbury sits down with the Duke of Hastings, the main guy, and he says, uh, you have to be careful. The queen, the king married a woman of colour, and now we're allowed to be members of society hinting yeah. at before that they weren't in this reality hinting at before that they were there was racism yeah now uh, you know just one generation later everyone's forgotten about it and it's fine and they can be aristocrats exactly it's just it's so insensitive if that I know. kind of yeah it's so like like the politics of like imagining that like you get one black queen and it's like racism ended because yeah. at no point ever in the rest of the show is there any sense of like like any tension no especially considering that like they're like in a like mixed relationship like mixed race relationship yeah so it's like i it it makes sense to not address it at at all if that's what you're going for pretend pretend it's pretend it doesn't pretend in this reality racism isn't a thing yeah is an easy way yeah, way to get people of color casted and visible mm-hmm. and diversity to be mm-hmm. met, but instead they did it. And that isn't to say that there weren't black people or people of color in, you know, no, nineteenth century society because that you know there definitely were. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're either going to have to choose one of one or the other, and they yeah. kind of went straight down the middle. It's like you you're either going to have to like do this like like really properly do your research understand the society how the racism works in the society that you're portraying or you're gonna have to go the other way and as we kind of understood it as being like a historical fantasy world where racism didn't exist but misogyny still exists but racism didn't (laughs) which is just kind of the mental leaps that you already have to be taking anyway to watch the show and enjoy it yeah but none I like. I was like, none of it is meant to be remotely. Well, like we said, it's not historically accurate, and then therefore yeah. things 
couldn't be taken out but yeah the down the middle track of oh for the most part we're gonna say we live in this fantasy world where racism doesn't exist but oh we'll mention it in a five minute throwaway scene to say that it used yeah. to exist and then not elaborate further and then yeah never never bring it up again never bring it up sweep it under the rug in the most literal sense mm-hmm. um there was also i saw a really like uh interesting video on youtube like an essay which i'd recommend people to go uh watch about uh colorism in it in that like a lot of the um the a lot of the like black people on the show were like lighter skinned mm. and then anyone who there's like two darker skinned characters uh, lady danbury and simon's father mm. and simon Fa- simon's father's evil yeah and and lady danbury's um like old and single and not meant to be like an object of desire or like beautiful or, or whatever yeah. um so that was like another really interesting point i hope that they continue the trend of of casting like more diversely especially as we're getting loads of new characters going into different seasons Hmm. so and they have to i think address that Mm -hmm. you know there's been so much backlash on it um i know i don't know how they would i don't i don't have the answer but they they it's something that needs to be addressed and or fixed an odd choice an odd choice a a strange choice and i'd recommend going to read all the better more well-educated yeah think pieces that have been done yeah on this that subject from people of color obviously because we're back on to to something that i there's something else that irks you in bridgerton as well isn't there now (laughs) look (laughs) look (laughs) I have never have I been thus baited in my adult life. <laughs> I was so mad about the Benedict plotline, mm-hmm. like genuinely enraged by it. More mad at myself because you watch TV shows and films and you, you're never like, oh, this is definitely going to happen. Like the, the two there's this character's definitely like gay or bi or whatever because yeah. you're just so used to watching stuff and being like it was it was it's no. never gonna happen it's never gonna ha- it's obviously never gonna happen why did i even think that it was gonna happen right in this it, they knew what they were doing right they, they knew. knew what they were doing they the longing looks so basically benedict is the second oldest Christian brother and he's gay and he, he was set up for half the season as being a gay man, closeted, exploring mm-hmm. sexuality. Yeah. But no. I just, <laughs> I just, I don't understand. Like, for me, at least, the like the minute Julian Overton, who plays uh, Henry Granville, came into frame. love interest. And like, they yeah. made eye contact. I was like, I, I see what's happening here <laughs> I can yeah. I can understand this but then I that I at that point I was like okay stop projecting um but then the second scene that they had together where they're like discussing art in like a gentleman's club hmm. it was so flirty Flirty. and I was like huh yeah interesting acting choices there. and then and, and then, then he walks in on him his love it his quote-unquote love interest having sex against the wall with another man 
And he looks at it and he's not appalled and he's actually looking very interested. But then next, the, the next scene, what do, we, what do we see? We see him... Having like, sex with two women. Having sex, with, having a threesome with two other women. And it just doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. The thing is, as well, between then, when he'd been to like the art studio and it was kind of like, oh, we've got like liberal vibes going on here. He had another scene where he was like drawing angstily it by himself in a study and then it like did a close-up and it was like men's hands and I was like wow the hints they're dropping here and like the, the his arc when he was having like conversations with Eloise outside about him feeling like trapped in society and wanting to live on the outside of society he's like very much hitting all the themes of like struggling to come out um, I just that reveal of him being like right that's it yes I'm gonna live on the outside of society after this whole like gay thing or, yeah. or even I thought he was gonna end up in like a poly trio with uh Henry Granville and his wife like just kind of being in the middle of that yeah because that's also living outside like society the family unit that's like the the, the theme yeah. of of his entire arc of the season and then like the big reveal is that yeah I'm gonna go do it I'm gonna go and then he goes and picks up like a woman and then just has a mistress yeah I I have a friendship with Genevieve Delacroix the modiste yeah no I was like what what's outside of society with that that is the most normal thing that you can do the modiste isn't aristocratic that that was the only thing I got from there being a rebellion involved. It wasn't. It wasn't yeah, but even then, that's exactly that's exactly how like it worked for like yeah. rich men, especially like second sons. Yeah. Like there was like an understanding that like men would have mistresses. Mm. So I was like, but what? So what's what's rebellious about this? What's, <laughs> why? What's, why does he suddenly feel free? What's <laughs> different? <laughs> Clustered gay imagery and, and not even subtle, explicit. No, like it, it was wild. that's that's what made me so mad because I genuinely believed it because I was like they can't put this yeah. in without it going somewhere. If if Oscar Wilde had been published at the time, there would be a scene with Benedict sat down reading Oscar Wilde. That is how yes. they yes. were with these kind of that's gay <laughs> subtext. He's gay. He's gay, and then he wasn't, and it's just so. I just yeah yeah I was I was so mad I was like I was like that's cowardice pure cowardice (laughs) (laughs) so I've just yeah I've just had to retreat to um like fixing it in my own head and then like kidding myself that in season two they're gonna like see because there's not been massive amounts of backlash only among like people that I know slash if I like would hunt on Twitter and be people being like wait I thought it was gay I've seen a couple of articles about mm. um him and Eloise as mm. the gay characters of the season but I don't know well that was the other thing is like him and Eloise's chats in the garden were like some of my favorite scenes and I like love them together yeah and I was like this is so like clearly um like a queer woman and a queer man like bonding yeah. <laughs> like without saying it and Eloise hers 
is almost explicit as well. The longing looks she gives to Penelope. Right. Um, like, and the fact that she wants, you know, she doesn't want to marry. She has no interest in men or boys. She wants, she wants to, she wants to have the freedoms that men have. You're a man, therefore you have everything. You are able to do whatever you want. So do it. Be bold. And kind of. I know. Uh, I'm like, oh my god. Let her wear some like breeches. Yeah. <laughs> Get her to like some. Oh my god! If in she the went books, to he the. He marries a man as well. So... But we digress. <laughs> we need we need to talk about what we came on here to do on Thursday. Bridgerton season two was confirmed everyone knew it was going to happen it's bloody Shonda Rhimes when does she not get 12 million seasons in the bag straight away original mm. season two was confirmed it's going to be about Anthony and his search for love and ladies and gentlemen we read the second Bridgerton book the Viscount who loved me and <laughs> let me tell you this book was the most ridiculous I was laughing out loud at how ridiculous it was at certain parts and most non illogical nonsensical thing I've ever read in my life and I've read a lot of booky stuff a lot of booky stuff this book makes Twilight look like Shakespeare honest to god it really does and it's and I having said all that terrible book having said that I am so excited for season two right I am so fun it's I think they're gonna up the ridiculousness because mm-hmm. Daphne and the Duke in season one they're quite angsty characters these two characters for season two Anthony the, the older brother the eldest brother and there's a new character called Catherine or Kate um they're just fun they're just fun characters they bait it's a kind of enemies to lovers type thing and it's going to be so fun now two words to summarize the Viscount who loved me for you um um beasting beasting that's a spoiler <laughs> there's isn't something... that just the, the whole book the tell whole me book. tell me it's not driven anyway this whole book is <laughs> so the whole book is basically it's the same as season one the yeah. men in these series have daddy issues they have the biggest daddy issues and their daddy issues make them somehow also remove their ability to form logical um ideas so in trauma season, as we know the duke of hastings dad was mean to him when he was a kid and therefore he decided because of that he will never have babies and that was that was the whole central conceit of the whole book he could never come mm-hmm. inside his wife that was that was, <laughs> that was, the, source. That was the source of i'd say 90% of the you know mm-hmm. the entire yeah. the antagonizing factors in Bridgeton yeah. season one. Daddy trauma <laughs> equals pulling out. Is daddy trauma direct link in the mind <laughs> in Bridgeton reality? So this is why the Bridgeton reality, if your dad is mean to you as a kid, you have to pull out. You have to adopt the pull-out method for the rest of your life. <laughs> Otherwise, God, you won't have be keep keeping your promises to be mean to him. <laughs> you see it's surrounding in more look but that was effectively the logic mm-hmm. in the viscount who loved me a little bit of spoiler but 
it said in that you'll find this out pretty quickly it's like pretty quickly yeah it's in like the first page anthony bridgerton's father dies when he's 18 very suddenly the bridgerton father dies he gets stung by a bee and he dies it's also he the father is 38 when he gets stung by a bee and he dies suddenly and the doctors don't know how he died anthony the uncle the brother of the father also died suddenly at 34 therefore anthony bridgerton decides he will undoubtedly die at some point in his 30s. He's certain of it. He's certain that he's going to die. And that means he can get married, but he can never fall in love. And that that there is the logic. That is the plot. His dad yeah. died suddenly at 38. He is going to die. He wants to get married, but he can't fall in love because otherwise... We don't. We never find out. <laughs> no. <laughs> Otherwise, dot dot dot. Unsure. The logic boggles me. <laughs> That's the best part. It's just so batshit. Like the entire book it's is batshit. The whole book was ridiculous. I was there are so like... many moments that I was like, "What the fuck is this?" But also, I need season two immediately. Because I read it before season two was announced. I read it like straight after I watched season one. And I was like, get this on screen. Yeah. You must make haste. Kate doesn't like him. He doesn't like Kate. It's a whole thing. There's mm. um, there's mallets involved. There's ball mm -hmm. games. There's mm -hmm. jumping in lakes. Every period drama has to have someone jumping in a lake yeah um, it's like Anthony just gets like rinsed for the entire book like yeah. it, much like in season one he's just trying his best yeah and it's and just guy, other people just rinsing him for the entire book the guy who plays Anthony as well um what's his name Jonathan Bailey Jonathan Bailey mm. he has a background in comedy acting as well I don't know he, he was in um Phoebe Waller-Bridge's Crashing mm -hmm um mm -hmm. playing a very comedic character so i think he's gonna absolutely body this yeah he is gonna be fantastic and he's also really fit as well which is going to be even better and um yeah i saw him in company in the west end and he played uh uh jamie which is and he gets like the one of the funniest songs in the show which was like really like physical and he would like really with his whole body was like going for it so I can completely imagine yeah. him like committing to the yeah. scenes that we want to see from the book two the yeah it is it is it is slapstick. there's no other way that they they can't play it seriously no this book I feel like with British and season two they're gonna have to try and really hard to inject um certain levels of drama that they had in season one but I don't think it's going to be that different because this is going to be so fun I'm really excited yeah I'm really excited to find yeah. out who Kate is going to be casted as same um, I hope they announce it soon because they've gone into pre-production haven't yeah. they yeah hopefully so what to expect from Bridgerton season two you've got fun games fun joke, dogs bees um what else mm -hmm. uh what else um yeah more daddy trauma daddy issues. Um, yeah more mummy issues as mummy well issues. big yeah. swerve ball um um some bridgerton banter which we all love between the siblings mm -hmm. uh there's defo is going to be more of that which is honestly one of my favorite yeah. dynamics in the show 
the difference is the main difference is I think what Shonda Rhimes has done so well and when you read this book you see why she chose it for tv is that mm. the book's focus very smallly on to this couple so I assume yeah. they did the same for that so they focus on for example for the, the second book they focus solely and what Shonda Rhimes did was expand the universe so I assume mm-hmm. we're going to get loads of side stories as well with the Featheringtons mm-hmm. and um the other Bridgerton characters because they're barely even in the book which is yeah. disappointing but understandable yeah um, but it's gonna be get excited guys it's gonna I'm be almost... buzzing it cannot come fast enough I don't know what how I'm gonna wait it's all I think about at the minute, which is yeah. embarrassing. But like, as we say, we're avoiding the point. And there's also going to be a musical on TikTok, which is in the musical. Yeah, there's all, there's all that stuff as well, isn't there? Have you seen hell. that? Yeah. The burn for you song. The same, but I burn for you. You burn for me. I burn. I burn. I burn. I burn. A bop. A bop and a half. A they were on the BBC. Abigail Barlow is her name, and she was on the BBC. I don't know where on the BBC, but she was interviewed, and she's made extended. She's got a musician. She's got a pianist involved. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. And from what we can see, the vast majority of the Bridgerton main cast can sing, or at least have a background in musical theatre, which mm-hmm. seems. If it's, I hope, I'd hope it's not coincidental. It probably is, but if it mm. if it isn't coincidental, a musical episode, yeah. But hopefully they all sing together at some point, at the very least. That they better. I would really. Can you imagine a musical episode? Don't. <sighs> That'd be I'm so good. <laughs> Contract. Bridgeton is ridiculous and we love it. Yeah. Approved. If you if you love if you just not everything has to be good. This is my mission statement. Not everything has to be art. The mission statement of avoiding the void. Yeah. Sometimes you can just watch things that are bad and be like, I enjoyed every minute. (laughs) Every minute of this. Every single minute. We will recommend to the few people who will be listening to this things that will have terrible reviews i want those mm. green splats on rotten tomatoes i want a 13 percent movie coming up on rotten tomatoes and because it's fun yes. and because we don't need to be film critics or tv mm-hmm. critics we just need something fun to escape or at least for a little, a little while from the boredom of what we at least in the uk and most of america are living and most of the world are living in at the moment so mm-hmm. if we can do that that is our that is our goal oh <laughs> <laughs> and we'll end it there <laughs> <laughs> well thank you for listening for those that did i hope mm-hmm. you enjoyed britain season two is coming probably not for another year so i hope you at least have a little teaser for what you can expect mm-hmm. bees <laughs> bees there are bees in Bridgerton and boobies and bees boobies and bees <laughs> goodbye signing off <laughs>